Oh my God, I'm chilling. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? <laughs> I don't get it. What's happening? She just um, keeps laughing. <laughs> um, because you were like giving me your I need new flats spiel and I just like did not care at all. Well, no, there's nothing to care about. I wouldn't care if you did it either, but. <clears throat> uh, but I know I feel you. I feel you. I swear to God, if this kid wakes up, so help me God. <gasps> Baby. Baby, stay asleep. You better fucking stay asleep. Wow, last night was bad. So bad. Every two hours. I was like, what is happening? And I like did it so I cleaned his sheets. I gave him a proper bath, like not even a bird bath that you give newborns, like a real let's scrub, scrub you down. down. I was like, let's, this is great. You're gonna sleep like a damn angel. And it couldn't have been further from the truth. Well, he's growing. <clears throat> no, I growth, know. Growth spurt, I'm sure. I hate that every time I'm gonna have a bad night, someone's gonna tell me that. I know. I was about to say, I'd say it every time. I know. But it's probably true. Who knows? Sure. They, ha they have that app where it'll tell you like what likely they're going through. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, yeah, I remember that. The uh, What are they called? Like, like sprints or like... Yeah, uh, it's like flares or something. <laughs> it's not Some flares. Something to make it sound cute when it's not. Uh, do we need to address... We, uh, we, did we address Euron's confession? No. Well, okay. So last time we were recording, it was like within 30 minutes of Yaron's confession. He had not done it yet. Oh, right. So, okay. so we were waiting on it. But okay. So now we have the confession. We have what is the truth? Here's my thing. People are like, so what? He lies all the time. He does. Sure. He does. No, 100%. But he's never lied and said he actually murdered her. Okay. He's well, for anyone who doesn't know, he said that uh, he copped a feel and she didn't accept his advances and told him no and he kept going so she kneed him in the balls and he kicked her in the head extremely hard she was unconscious yeah and so he dropped a disgusting warning dropped a <clears throat> cinder block on her uh, on her face and then he put her in the ocean so People are like, yeah, so he's lied a hundred times about what he did to her, but he's never made himself look like a cold-blooded killer that he is. Mm -hmm. And I never said that she rejected him. That's exactly new. that part in that transcript when he said, but I insisted. I'm like, no, no, fuck you. You don't insist. She said, no, oh, I can't. Anyway, oh, no. but um, in the book, I mean, as we know, he did successfully describe her underwear. So I'm like, are you leaving out a part where you raped her? Yeah, right. Exactly. So, uh, that's. That's the only part that I'm like, mm, you might be lying about that. Oh, well, the the only part I think he's actually, well, that too now. But um, he said he went knee deep in the ocean and dropped her. I'm like, mm -hmm. no, right. he would have, she would have washed up, I'm sure. I think his sweet little daddy uh -huh. came to help him with the boat, but he doesn't want his mom to know that. Right. So yeah. I think he's leaving that part out. I do believe everything he said before that. Me too. And at this point, if he did say today, that was a lie. That didn't happen. It would be like, fuck off. Oh, we're done with it. It doesn't matter. Get the fuck out of here. Sorry, I'm dropping a lot of F-bombs in this conversation. Oh, it gets me riled up. I know. Euron's easy to get riled up about. Uh, 
But that's insane. I'm so happy the family has answers and now they feel closure. And that's it. He, literally, he could say a lot about that. And everyone big. Okay. We don't care. We don't care. Next. Right. You're done. You're done. Gross. Anyway, so now he's spending, he's serving 20 years for extortion concurrently with his stupid ass 28 year sentence. But he has to serve in Peru. So back to Peru. Yeah, Good luck. See you around. See you never. Quick Patreon shout out. Welcome, Catherine. Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I get when I'm, you know, trying to look at several names at once. Catherine, Christy, and Kristen. What's up? Um, I do have Thank a custom. Thanks for joining, as always. Um, I do have a custom shout out from Bailey, our unofficial mental health professional. Hey, Bailey. What's hey, up, Bailey. girl? I'm the president of the Kansas Suicide Prevention Coalition, and I've worked in suicide prevention and intervention for most of my career. So it's really just an opportunity to make others aware of when and how to get support. Oh, people going through difficult and overwhelming situations from illness to legal issues to being a person of color or identifying as LGBTQ and being shown by parts of our nation that they are not always welcome in the place that they call home sometimes have thoughts of suicide. It doesn't mean you're bad or you're failing. It, it does mean your brain is looking for ways out of a desperate situation and lying to you by telling you it's hopeless. Usually people don't actually want to die. They just don't know how to continue living right then. If you or anyone that you are around feels this way, you can call or text 988 and you'll be connected to support from somebody who will absolutely not judge you or your experience or the way you feel in that moment. And sometimes just being heard and seen can help identify the lies coming from scumbag brain and make you make a plan to move forward. Oh, what you tell them is confidential and they can get you information about real resources that might help navigate whatever you're going through. It can be scary to, to reach out for help, but it is so worth it. Yeah, that's nice. That's good. Awareness. That's a good PSA. Yeah, it's like 911 for mental health. That's amazing. I never knew that. I've never heard of that. It's somewhat new. I remember when it came out and okay. there was a bunch of announcements about it. So Ooh. that's great. Bailey, good shout. Yeah, good shout. 988, free resource, call them if needed. All right, I am telling you about Christy Flynn. Sources, cinemaholic.com, a show on ID called No One Can Hear You Scream. <laughs> I swear to God, they have everything covered. If you ever need a true crime show, you have no idea how many investigation discovery has. I'm like, I Jesus. Wait. Okay. So you did not use unexpected killer this time. No, no. no one watched it. We need to stop sourcing them because I don't want anyone to watch. I want it to be just our secret. I know. There's like one season of no one can hear you scream, I think. But I was like, oh my God, this ha so happens to be one of the subject lines. I mean, it's one of the stories in it. <laughs> um, an old newspaper from Shreveport, Louisiana, a few pages from the book, The Fighting Never Stops, the story of Jim McVeigh, and I survived. Hey! Uh, Badass survival. Yeah, no. Badass survival story. And I do have to say, it is shocking how little there is on this case. I mean, very little on the internet, aside from Reddit and talking about it in a few comments. Those little internet sleuths are like have personal connections to the story. So I'm like, 
how is there not more on this? It's like, I had to dig for a little blurb and a newspaper clipping from Shreveport, Louisiana. Anyway. All right. Christy Flynn spent most of her life in Oklahoma and grew up a total tomboy. She loves outdoors. She and her dad would go fishing all the time and catch like 150 pound catfish. So they're like Ooh. not screwing around. They're real. Oh, that gross me out. <laughs> I know. Catfish. It's like a dinosaur. <laughs> what? Like a, I don't know, a big creature. By 1991, 21-year-old Christy moved to Sulphur Springs, Arkansas. That's <laughs> an AK. That's Alaska. But that's it's Alaska. That's Alaska. A AR is Arkansas. Well, mm -hmm. it's Sulphur Springs, Arkansas. And was working for the state's highway department. She has her heavy equipment operator's license and was working towards getting her license to drive a diesel rig. Oh, damn. She's badass. And the reason she was working towards that is because a man told her that women can't drive them. So she's like, no, oh, she's like, that's can't. weird. I got this license for one and now I'm going to run you over with it. <laughs> so weird. It's so weird how that works out. She's also a single mom to her son, Chris, who was around four or five at the time. I think I couldn't find his exact age, but he's young. And occasionally her mom would watch him. So Christy could get a break and she would usually spend that time playing pool. Damn bitch. I know she was actually on a pool league for years and played tournament tournaments. So she's really good. That's badass. I know. And this is how she met her good friend, Henry. She said they, they are at a bar in Arkansas and all her friends wanted to set her up with them because he was Indian and she was Indian. And they were like, y'all should just be together. <laughs> so much in common. I mean, people who live in a bubble, like no, yeah. definitely this would be a good fit. You're it's made like, for wow. each other. They ended up being oh really good friends and hung out pretty much every week, but nothing romantic, nothing stemmed from it. On December 9th, 1991, they were at a bar watching football and shooting pool when three men walked in. Christy didn't notice them, but Henry heard them catcalling her, so he was just like staring at them. And Christy tried to ignore them, but the bar was so small it was hard to. They eventually came over and put quarters on the pool table as to say, like, let's play. So she and Henry played two of them, whooped their ass, by the way. Aw, yeah. And Christy said all they kept, all they talked about was her ass. So she immediately got like the bad vibe. Well, it's not even a vibe. He's, they're just putting it right out there. Yeah, you're right. They're scumbags. Yeah, you're right. Henry was drinking hard liquor and she was just drinking beer. And when the bar was closing, Henry volunteered her to drive the three strangers to the next bar. I'd like to uh, blame the hard liquor for putting her in that situation, but who knows? No, I, bl I blame the adult ass man. I know. Who needs to be able to hold his own a little bit more. Right. She told him she's no. not going unless he goes with her, but he couldn't fit in the truck and urged her to go without him, assuring her that they were their new friends. He's like, they're oh, not my God. new friends. They're grabbing my ass. No, but whatever. So Christy did drive the three men to another bar and went in with them, but still got that, had that bad feeling. So she pretended like she had to pee and snuck out the door. Oh, nice. As she had her key in the driver's side door, she felt someone hit her in the back of the head. Oh, no. She dropped her keys and began fighting for them. One of the guys unlocked the driver's side and got in while another one dragged Christy to the passenger side by her hair. They threw a coat over her head. He pulled her on his lap and raped her right then. Oh, my God. In the passenger seat. Oh, God. 
She started fighting to get the door open, but it's three against one. So she was immediately beaten when attempting to escape. She also tried talking to them and reason with them. But when that didn't work, she would go back to fighting. When that didn't work, she would just go back to screaming for help. When that didn't work, she'd go back to trying to reason with them. And she repeated these strategies in a cycle, all while keeping her determination to make it to her son's next birthday. No. Uh-uh. Oh, my God. If you think that's a gut punch. Oh, God. Hold on to your hat. Oh, no. That's when the man who raped her whispers to her that he wouldn't let the other two hurt her anymore. Which is such oh, a weird, like, My wow. hero. Right. You really, like, disassociate what? yourself from what just happened. That's You're fascinating. Gross. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. I'm like, wow, you really just escaped reality, you monster. I think I've seen this. I survived. No, you haven't. oh okay you haven't (laughs) i don't know have you i'll be so annoyed okay whatever how about you just tell me okay they had been driving around for a few hours in the back and back roads only stopping to rape her and beat her oh god she eventually tells the men she needs to go to the bathroom and they're arguing about with each other about whether or not to let her but ultimately decide they don't want her to pee in the truck so they pull over And at this point, it's morning. And when they remove the coat from her head to let her pee, she sees that they're in front of her father's office building. What? Lights are on. He's in there. No. Can you imagine that holy shit moment? This is not the one I saw. Oh, my God. Where you're like, we've been driving around for hours. I don't know where I am because she's been blindfolded this whole time. And they undo it and she sees her father's office light on she's like fuck yeah she's thinking i'm not gonna get this opportunity again and she's confident she can outrun them not only is she in really good shape but the adrenaline of seeing your father at his place of work get out of here she jumps out of the truck and takes off and as soon as she does she gets tackled into a ditch bummer where she is beaten relentlessly they're kicking her in the stomach so many times she broke two ribs. Ow. She's dragged, they drag her back into the truck where they beat her more. They continue to drive around for hours. She doesn't remember how many times they stopped to rape her and beat her, but she's losing strength very quickly and eventually hears them talking about how to kill her and start looking for things inside the truck to use. This would be absolutely terrifying because, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, I know I state the obvious, but. Anything you find in a car to use as an impromptu weapon, that's gonna that's gonna, that's gonna hurt. hurt. Yeah, so bad, and it's gonna take a while. Oh God! You just imagine you're but you're, you're gonna get bludgeoned. Oh God! Yeah, for sure. They do find loose bullets in her glove box and start demanding to know where the gun is, but there's not one in there. She took it out, but obviously they don't accept that answer. They drag her out and start kicking her in the face, elbowing her, slamming her against the truck. Until one of them finds a Phillips screwdriver, which is, I know, this has been kind of a theme in my stories. I know, you do have a screwdriver a lot. I know. And the man who said he wouldn't let the other two hurt her anymore began stabbing her in the neck, which went through her spine. Oh, Oh God. Yep, I know, sorry. She said it was going in slow motion, and all she could see was blood splattering all over the windows. She's ultimately stabbed nearly 30 times in the neck area. Oh, my God. 
And when it started feeling like a dream, a voice in her head said, you better fight. And that's what she did. Her eyes were mostly swollen shut by this point, but from what she could see, she remembered them getting very aggravated the more she fought. One of the men opened the tailgate to her truck, grabbed her by the legs and slammed her in the back of it as if I was a sack of potatoes, she said. And when he did that, Mm -mm. and when he did that, her back hit right where the tailgate drops down and she immediately felt a jolt of pain go up her spine and she lost feelings from the waist down. Oh no. Mm -hmm. Oh God. Now she has broken ribs and a broken back. And from what she can tell, she's paralyzed. Oh my God. They flip her over and rape her several more times. <gasps> oh my God, this is Crazy. so cool. And oh that's gosh. when she decides to give up the fight. These guys are raping a paralyzed body. They're evil. There's no getting oh. out of it. She says she has to pretend she's dead. Yeah, totally. All the while, they're calling her a fucking bitch and spitting on her and being disgusting. But lucky for her, they're so repulsive, they proudly tell her, her, quote, dead body, their names. Oh. They literally say, we want you to know who's sending you to hell. And they say <gasps> their first names, Jimmy, Donald, and Travis. They hadn't said them at the bar when they met playing pool? Oh, okay. Wow. When they are done with her final torture session, they throw her down a rocky ravine. She remembers hitting branches on the way down. She remembered how cold the leaves were and she remembers hearing their truck pull off when she I mean, woke up a relief i mean i know god when she woke up she said she knew something wasn't right because she wasn't in her bed like she's wow. that discombobulated where she doesn't initially remember what happened but oh, it god. slowly starts coming back to her her eyes are still swollen shut but she could tell she had lost so much blood she knew if she stayed there she would bleed to death So she starts dragging herself up the ravine, but didn't have any movement on her right side. So she's pulling with her left arm and kicking the ground with her left leg all the way up. And the way she keeps herself from going as she's imagining her son is up on the hill waiting for her. Oh my God, I got chills. I can't. I know, that's not even the worst part. Oh my God. (laughs) You're the worst. I know. No, these guys are the worst. Oh, my God. She heard a car coming and knew she was getting close to the road and started crawling towards the sound when she heard a younger boy's voice saying, it's a monster. (gasps) And that's when she knew she had made it to the top and someone can see her. She says she's not a monster. She needs help, but she was choking on her blood. There were so many blows to her windpipe from the screwdriver that it was coming out like a gargled whisper. Can you imagine this sight? That poor boy or whoever saw her. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Poor Christy. Well, duh. That goes without saying. It ended up being two teenage boys that saw her. And one said that his dad was an Arkansas highway patrolman. So while that guy went to go get his father, the other one put his coat on her to keep her warm. When the father got there, all she can hear and feel was a man. So she starts fighting him. She's thinking Uh, she's not out of the woods yet and she's being attacked. Oh, gosh. He called for backup, and the next thing she remembers is being in an ambulance, and she's desperately trying to say the names of her attackers in case she dies. And the driver tells her to stop because it's causing her to choke on her blood. And he tells her there's no law enforcement in the ambulance, therefore no one can take down the names, so just focus on breathing or she will definitely die. At the hospital, she kept going in and out of consciousness. 
But every time she would wake up, she would start fighting, thinking she was still at the mercy of those three lunatics. So the doctors actually had to tie her to the bed. The next thing she remembers was hearing her sister's voice saying, I'm here to see my sister, Christy. Then she hears her come in, walk out and say, no, that's not her. Oh, God. Can you imagine? And they have to tell her, yes, it is. So Christy hears her walk back in the room and fall to the ground crying. Oh, my God. I know. Like, that, that's how, God, beat. I can't imagine not being able to recognize you in a hospital bed. But I really can't imagine how scary it would be to be Christy hearing my own yeah. sister say, that's not her. Like, oh, my God. How beat up am I? Oh, yeah. Is that the worst part? Depends on what you're. Well, is that what you were talking about? No. Oh, my God. A ton of doctors and nurses came in to visit her and all of what happened. A doctor told her she must be an angel because no one would have been able to survive what she did. And one nurse even thanked her because one night she was leaving the hospital after a late night shift and was raped in the parking lot. And the rapist was never caught. So she told Christy she's grateful that Christy's potentially going to get three of them off the street. Whoa. I know. As she becomes more stable, she is finally able to tell police the attacker's first names. And when they went back to the area of the ravine, they found Travis's wallet. Oh, what a dipshit. Uh, Hell yeah. And they were able to quickly link the other two guys. 34-year-old Jimmy Joe Winters, 18-year-old Donald Peterson, (gasps) and 16-year-old Adam Travis McVeigh. Oh, why are these three hanging out? Oh, I don't know. 16 and 18 and and a 34-year-old. According Mm. to Christy, they were the worst. The 34-year-old wasn't even the worst. They were all arrested a few days after the attack, and Christy learned that she was not their only victim. After they threw her in the ravine, they drove to the salvage yard where they all worked to see what they could steal and all flee. Okay, they worked together. Mm-hmm. The security guard, 23-year-old Gene Seaton, heard a commotion and came out with his gun, but he saw Travis and knew him because not only did he work there, but his stepdad was the owner. So Travis's Gene, stepdad? Yep. All right. So Gene put down the gun and was like, what are you doing here? And that's when they decided to bludgeon him to death with a tire iron. They killed Gene? Yes. What Just the hell? No idea why. He was so badly beaten, the cops thought that he was shot in the face at close range with a shotgun. Oh, my God. His pants were also pulled down, exposing himself, which I guess was one last humiliation tactic, which is just evil. I hate these people. I know. After they killed him, they skipped town and started driving down I-40 towards California. And oddly enough, they picked up a hitchhiker on the way. This poor hitchhiker got into a blood-soaked car and had no idea what to do. There was blood splatter on the roof seats, floor mat, everywhere. Like, can you imagine? Like, I'm good. I'll walk. It's a two-door truck, too. He got in the back. Can't even okay, wait. And roll. Oh, so he didn't notice this until he was like in and cruising. He was in. Oh, was Lord. Like, Holy mercy. shit. And I'm surrounded by three guys. And these three dirtbags bragged about what happened the night before. So okay. he's like, what the fuck? They eventually pulled over at a truck stop and called someone for money. And since there was already a bolo out on them and their car, the person he called immediately called the authorities and they were on it. They were able to trace the call, which was coming from a payphone in Arizona. They called local police who rushed to the truck stop and all three men were washing blood out of their clothes. So oh, God. This was three days after the attack. So I'm not sure why they're just now cleaning up, but 
Thank God they did because it made them lollygag at that truck stop. And they were arrested right then. Was the hitchhiker they, like, I'm out of here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. The cops definitely saved that hitchhiker's life. Oh, I would okay. imagine they were going to kill him because they killed anyone who saw their face. Yeah. I'm pretty, I think that's why they ended up killing Gene Seton. Seton yeah, for sure. Yeah. Christy was in ICU and they rolled in a TV so she could watch them be arrested. And she said she could see the marks and bruises she gave them. And it was very rewarding to see how hard she fought. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. After a month of being in the hospital, she was finally reunited with her son. She didn't want him to see her before that because it would have scared him. Yeah. So when they finally reunited, he climbed up on the bed. No. With a teenage mutant ninja turtle in his hand. Brace yourself. No. This is gut-wrenching. No. And he started crying and said, Mom, if the Ninja Turtles were there, those men wouldn't have done that. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? And she's sobbing when she says that. And I'm like, yeah, that would be a gut punch. Uh -uh. If the Ninja Turtles were there, those men wouldn't have done that. Oh. You are. Oh. She was in the hospital for two months and there was a guy she was friends with who ended up, they kind of started dating. And one night in the hospital, she asked him to make love to her because she was scared that she would never be able to do it again after what she went through. So they did. And that is when she became pregnant with her daughter. Oh my and God. She wasn't supposed to be able to have kids after her son for unrelated reasons. But after that one time, she got pregnant. It's like crazy. Wow. Wow. After she left the hospital, the police put her in a domestic violence shelter for her safety because Travis McVeigh's family was threatening to hurt her and her son so she couldn't testify against him. Wait, sorry. <clears throat> Let <throat> me tell you how this works. Right. Assholes. Wait, they... Okay. First of all... So this piece of shit uh, comes from a piece of shit family. Well, yeah, I know. But I'm like, how did, how did they even get in touch with her? Ugh. Sorry. Gross. How old's Travis? Which one's he? <clears throat> the 16-year-old. Oh, it okay. gets more infuriating. Don't worry. That is so... I hate his family so much. It's no wonder uh -huh. he's a little spoiled piece of shit, little bitch. Yeah. While in the shelter, she was seeing neurologists who told her that she was never going to walk again and wouldn't even put her in rehab or physical therapy because they didn't think it was worth it. But she was determined. Oh yeah, no. She was determined because her son wanted to play football and being a single mom, she needs to be able to practice with him. I are you am dying? I know. I'm like, wait, but is she still with the guy, the, the second baby's dad? Not, not today. I don't think. Oh, yeah, okay. I got because I think they just ended up kind of being friends. Okay. Oh, she's like, no, no, I have to play football. So yeah, put me in I have to run around with my baby. So. Got punch number 76. So she would somehow get herself out of bed, fall to the floor, and work on getting herself up practically all day. She never went back to the doctor. She took her own rehab into her own hands, and it worked. She taught herself how to walk again. What? I know. That seems dangerous, actually. I know. Wow. Good for her. I know. She started therapy and developed agoraphobia, which is the mm -hmm. fear of leaving environment. Do you know what this is already? Agoraphobia? Uh, yeah you're like scared of outside pretty much yeah the fear of leaving environments they know or consider to be safe in severe cases a person with agoraphobia considers their home to be the only safe environment yeah they may avoid leaving their home for days months or even years 
Translated, agoraphobia means fear of the marketplace. Her mm-hmm. fear was leaving the house alone, obviously. When she had her kids, she was in protective mode. Therefore, she didn't have the fear at all. So she could like take uh, them to school, but the drive back, she would panic would set in. Wow. Yeah. Oh, like, that's so sad. I know. When she was in protective mode, she wasn't worried about herself or her safety. So like the fear completely went away. Wow. That is so interesting. I know. Her best friend would help her go to doctor and therapy appointments so she wouldn't be alone. But then that friend sadly died. So it kind of forced her to do it by herself. And she she slowly became more and more independent until it was her new normal. All three men pleaded guilty to murdering Jean Seton and kidnapping, raping, and attempted to mur- attempted murder to Christy. Christy got her input on their sentencing and considered the death penalty, but felt God is the only one who should put the- someone to death. So she opted for life in prison, and the DA assured her that they would never see sunlight again. But, Mm-mm. ready to be infuriated? Oh, God, what? Because that's not what happened. Travis McVeigh, who was 16 at the time of the crime, was released on parole in 2019. <gasps> The law changed in Arkansas, and since he was under 18 at the time, he gets out. And he is not required to register as a sex offender. The well, least know- they could do. And he's like, what, 36 or 7 when he gets out? Oh, God. No, he's about 40. Wow. And Christy said, even though he was the youngest, he was by far the worst one. He was the one who hurt her the most. But he's here he is back in Arkansas living life. So I really got in a rabbit hole on where he mm-hmm. is. Okay. I and I saw ask. a few comments on Reddit saying that he had killed before. So I looked into this and found an old newspaper article about how he murdered a family member, Keith McVeigh, in Mississippi in May of 1990. <sighs> so I got into a lot of that digging. That was right before her attack. Yep. There's a lot of digging. And I found this book called The Fighting Never Stops, the story of Jim McVeigh by Al Sturgeon. Jim McVeigh is Travis's uncle and Keith's father, and apparently a war hero who struggled with PTSD, so that's what the book's about. Reading excerpts from that book, Keith McVeigh was Travis McVeigh's cousin. I'm not sure what was going on at Travis's home life at the time, but Keith kind of took on a father role of Travis. And in one night, 1990, Keith and Travis got in an argument, so Keith went to bed, and 15-year-old Travis went to his room in the middle of the night and started beating Keith with a baseball bat. What? He was quickly knocked unconscious, but it didn't end there. Travis dragged him out of bed, down the hall, out to the front yard, and finished the beating. By the time cops got there, Travis fled to Arkansas and somehow lived freely for over over a year until he attacked Christy. The book said he was never tried for Keith's murder because... Quote, by the time the legal entities got around to it, the nine-month time limit had run out. So, I obviously had to look this up. (laughs) Okay. Based on my research, this is referring to Mississippi's law that requires a defendant be brought to trial within 270 days, or nine months, or it's dismissed. Surely, this doesn't apply to murder anymore. Right? Hey, wait, we have a listener that's like a DA or DA Uh, assistant. Yeah, you're right. In Mississippi, I think in Mississippi, uh, maybe it might be Alabama. I don't know. Help. Yeah. Excuse me. Sure. I, I had to stop the rabbit hole at some point. So I was like, wait, this can't pertain to murder. There's no statute on murder. Right. And I don't think there is, obviously. But 
There's not a statute, but that I've just never heard of a trial. I mean, I, I know speedy trial and all, but like it whoa. refers to Mississippi's speedy trial law, not to be confused with like the federal federal speedy trial type thing. It's <sighs> all right. Someone crazy. just explain things to us, please, because this makes no sense. So no justice for Keith. Anyway, he is released in 2019, and the court was supposed to notify Christy, but they never did. And in her video, in her interview, because she's also still in Arkansas, in her interview, <gasps> she says she's not worried at all about running into him. And actually, he should be worried about running into her. Yeah, That's he should right. be. That's right. And in case you're wondering, she does not blame Henry at all for this. Oh, I was going to say, I'd like a statement from Henry, actually. I, I know. I can't help but to think I would be pretty mad at him. Just putting I mean, me in obviously, with three guys who are talking about my ass, being creepy from the beginning. No, I don't want to get in the car with them. Yeah, and like encouraging it. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed, Henry. Sorry. I know you didn't mean for that to happen, but I'm annoyed. I'm sure he lives with guilt for sure. Sure. Yeah, probably. Um, and if you're very interested in the comments on Reddit, TikTok, I am. Anyone who's done even a little bit of this case, because there's not much on it. There is someone who is on a mission to tell everyone where Travis works in Arkansas. Whoa. Are you going to say it? Don't say it. And there you have it. And that is the badass survival story of Christy Flynn. Wow. Good for her. Oh, the sun stuff is so sad. I oh, can't. my God. It just kept getting worse. Oh, my God. It's like freaking out. Isn't that crazy? He's murdered two people. He's murdered two people and he's just footloose and fancy free. At 16. Yeah. So like, crazy. Ew. Anyway, be careful out there. God, you Aww. never know. Stay safe. Y'all are the best. Thanks for listening. Y'all are the best. People are the worst. Bye. See ya.